0: Hello, I'm Paul Wheelock and welcome to the first Behind Enemy Lines podcast of the new season. If you're a first-time listener, this is the podcast where we get the inside track on Liverpool's next opponents, who just so happen to be Manchester City in Sunday's Community Shield at Wembley. Now, the domestic treble winners need little introduction after their titanic Premier League title battle with the newly crowned champions of Europe. But with the side set to fight it out for the top honours again this season, both home and abroad, we caught up with Richard Burns, a City fan, writer and broadcaster, who is a regular on the long-standing Blue Moon Podcast. We talk the title running, the growing rivalry between the clubs, and whether both teams would shake hands now on a deal that would see Liverpool win the Premier League and Manchester City the Champions League. We also talk City's summer transfer business, Liverpool's lack of it, the departure of Vincent Kompany and possible departure of Leroy Sane, the return of Kevin De Bruyne, and whether this community shield should be considered much more than a glorified friendly. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: Well, hi, Richard. Thank you very much for joining me on the Blood Red Podcast to look ahead to Liverpool versus Manchester City in the Community Shield on Sunday. You okay, mate? You had a good summer?
1: Yeah, really good, thank you. Really good. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, not bad. We were just saying, weren't we, uh, then, before we started recording that, it's good to have the break. (laughs) It's after what was a pretty relentless end of the season.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Obviously, you know, loves the the week in week out nature of the football season and it's the ups and downs that it brings and it, you know, it all worked out pretty well for us in the end. But I, I do enjoy the break after a sixty game season. It's nice to have a couple of months off, to be honest.
0: <laughs> Understandable. I, d- I don't know about you, but it doesn't seem like two minutes ago that we were actually speaking on the phone for a podcast like this before the last Premier League match between the sides at the Etihad back in January. And I remember at the time it felt like a must win match for City. And I think the performance and the atmosphere proved it that night but coming out of the ground could you ever imagine just how important that win could be you know in in terms of the ta- premier league title race
1: well i think um i think there was a feeling of its significance more for the fact that we knew that if we'd lost realistically that was it because we would have been 10 points behind and that Liverpool team would not have dropped 10 points. It, it, it didn't matter what city would have done. Liverpool I'm sure would not have surrendered that because of the impetus it, it would have given them. Um, I think it would have, it would have been a bit of a procession to the title, to be honest. So um, I, I think definitely felt the the weight of not losing the game, but obviously you couldn't, you couldn't come out of it um, thinking that it was about to set up a title win because it was i mean i think it was january was it january 3rd that yeah. game and um the atmosphere was other than the the champions league game we had there against tottenham i think that was the the best atmosphere we've had at the etihad for uh for some time and hints at that sort of rivalry that's really developing between city and liverpool it was um i think it was pretty non-stop all the way through and it had the ups and downs obviously because liverpool did equalize and had um, had their spell of pressure and there was the john stones clearance and you just never know how any of those moments might just turn the season. Um, so it was, it was a mixture of elation and relief that game, which is, a, I think, one of the most potent feelings you get as a
0: football fan. We all know what happened next, you know, between January and May. And- Don't know if we'll ever see a title race like that again in our lifetime. I think it was two teams just refusing to blink. City finished with 14 straight wins, Liverpool with nine. Could you enjoy it at the time? Because, you know, people here, the big Liverpool fans were saying, this is torture every game.
1: Yeah, the end of the season no, was not <laughs> was not enjoyable at all. Those, um, I think, probably starting with the derby at Old Trafford, followed by uh, the, our game away at Burnley. Uh, I I felt sick for most of them, <laughs> and it is weird. Like, looking back, that derby at Old Trafford, we were we were never really under any pressure. I think United had a, a good start in the first five minutes or so, and then if I remember the stat rightly, they didn't have a shot on target after six minutes. But during that first half, it felt like. We weren't playing so well, and it's just crazy how it. Um, I think it warps your perception a bit when it when it's you're a bit stressed out about it. And then I mean the Burnley game. I'm not exaggerating. I literally felt sick in my stomach <laughs> watching that whole match. Um, but again, it brings with it that sense of relief. It's a a very different feeling to how we won the league the year before, where it was just to use the word again. It was a procession for us um, in in our 100 point season last year, very different feeling, different mix of emotions, but it's all worth it at the end if you um if you come out the victor, unfortunately in this case City did.
0: I don't even think the most biased of Liverpool fan could, couldn't say Man City deserved it given the fact that you finished again with ninety eight points and and given the challenge that Liverpool put up and, and just on the flip side, despite that rivalry you talked about there, could you admire what Liverpool did?
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, you get um, you get all the sort of jibes from City fans and I think a lot of rival fans about Liverpool having a lot of luck with last minute winners from keeper errors and stuff like that. But the reality of it is you create your own luck. And if you're forcing a keeper into a last minute mistake, then it's because you've kept attacking until the 93rd or 94th minute or whenever it comes. And that is, that is in itself to be admired. And again... we we had plenty of moments like that in the season before Um, and that that consistency that Liverpool showed does not, um, it doesn't come by accident. It's a a lot of work that goes into that. It's a lot of commitment to and everybody buying into each other and um, yeah, I've, you know I'm not going to pretend to be Liverpool's biggest fan because rivalry doesn't allow you to do that <laughs> no but of course of course you you have to respect it, and I'm sure like say any Liverpool fan would would probably say the same about city. Any team that shows that level of consistency has achieved something pretty extraordinary and um it's the only time in English football history that ninety seven points' wouldn't have won you the league, so you have to respect that that quality.
0: Most definitely. City of course went on to win the treble, the first club in English football ever to do that and Liverpool could console themselves with a the little matter of the, the Champions League. <laughs> do you think if both clubs could do a deal now they'd shake hands on Liverpool winning the Premier League this season and City winning the Champions League? Is it, I think I'm firm enough to say that is the trophy that Liverpool wants. Is the Champions League the one that City want more than any other now?
1: Do you know, this has been, um, ever since our takeover, or certainly since our first Premier League win, I think this is this is one of the most interesting questions to answer. And it's one of the most frustrating things to hear neutrals talk about, because everybody talks about, oh, well, Pep was brought in to win the Champions League and um, he's not got past the quarters yet, or, um, you know, City, they've won everything else. So they, they're focused on the Champions League now. And it's not quite like that. Um Guardiola wasn't just brought in to win the Champions League. He was brought in to give City, and I, I hate this word, but it's the most appropriate. He was brought in to give City an identity yeah. Yeah. um that will, you know, and, and leave a legacy that that people will be able to follow. Um yeah. and he's he's clearly done that. So that's the I think the bulk of his job done. And it's why when his first season wasn't very good, he still had the most secure job in football because the board had essentially built the club for him. Um with that and wanting to leave a legacy of course you want to win the champions league because it's the most probably the most prestigious competition you can win um and for the board it'll help build city as a elite brand and all that kind of stuff but as a fan as much as i want to win the champions league and I, i really do i'd love to go to a final i'd love to experience that but at the moment i would still choose the premier league every day of the week if it was just a straight up choice Because to me, the Premier League is the, a league competition will always prove your quality more than a cup competition. Because in a league, you have to play all of your peers um, and so do all of your competitors. There's no element of luck in the draw. Everybody will face the same sort of elements, the same. Everybody will face injuries and suspensions around a season and everybody has to overcome them. And you will always finish exactly where you deserve Um, and that isn't to say that you don't winning the Champions League isn't deserved of course it is but it no more makes you the best team in Europe than winning the FA Cup makes you the best team in England um, or winning the Copa del Rey makes you the best team in Spain and to me that's what that's what I want the competition to prove so I'd love the Champions League and I, I would dearly love it and I was heartbroken last year when we got knocked out of it so I'm by no means doing it down as a competition but um To me, the Premier League will will always mean just that little bit more.
0: We'll stay on the Premier League. Uh, I I don't know about you. I can only see this rivalry between the clubs growing, certainly in the very near future, because I just can't see anyone really getting close to City or Liverpool. Do you agree? Or do you think, you know, Tottenham may challenge next season, Chelsea, Arsenal, or even your other big rivals, Man United?
1: Uh, Well, no, I would agree with you. I think this season it is set for uh, another another two-horse race. I'd be quite surprised if it was anything other, uh, because... I think when you look back a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, when um, Guardiola and Klopp were really settling into the jobs, City and Liverpool were both in quite big transitional periods. And I think there was... Obviously United's decline had started by then um, and Chelsea's sort of yo-yo in from one year mid-table, one year title challenges was sort of in full swing. There was a there was a real opportunity for somebody to come along and establish um establish a few years of dominance. And obviously the last couple of years that's been City, but Liverpool are, are right in that too. And they've they've done the business well. They've got they've stuck with a manager and I don't see another team that's really going to come along and challenge that. I think Tottenham would be the most obvious um, and they've they've made their big money signing this season. Um, I think they've kept the squad together so far quite a bit more than I expected. Uh, but who knows, that might change before the window closes. Um, but I just don't see the consistency from Tottenham. They always, and maybe you said this about Liverpool a couple of years ago, but they always seem to have a bad result in them or um you're never quite sure you know they could go to a um a lower end of the table side and drop points where city and liverpool just just haven't really done that over the last 18 to 24 months Uh, i think united are an absolute no-show as long as solskjaer's manager um (laughs) which and i I hope daily that i'm proven right on this and it's bizarre it's bizarre because they've done good business i think the signings that they've made and look like they they might make are, are all really really good Um, But they've got a manager whose experience is the Norwegian League and relegation with Cardiff. And he is the weakest of the top six managers, I think. Um, Chelsea, I like Lampard a lot, but I'm I'm just not sure about them for this season. And Arsenal, again, probably really their focus will just be on getting into the top four. So, um, yeah, with that sort of rudimentary rundown, I still see it as City and Liverpool.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo our city's shaping up for the new season we'll we'll start with the incomings Angelino is a, a left back who's been brought back from PS3 but it's the big one I probably want to talk about is Rodri from Atletico Madrid are you happy with that happy with the business that's been done or do you think there's anything more to come
1: no I think um, I'm, I'm happy with who we've brought in I don't think there's not lots of areas that we need huge improvement, and the one, and I think we probably spoke about it last time. We probably spoke about City needing a replacement for Fernandinho. Yeah, we did. Yeah, or um, like long-term uh, cover. I mean, he's you know he's not he's by no means on his last legs yet, but we definitely needed options in that position. Um, and and Rodri gives that. Uh, I'm not. I'd love to sit here and be the expert on him. I can't say that I've watched uh, I've watched loads of his career to date, but obviously from reading around him when we've been linked with him and and the little bits I have seen. Um, He sounds like the perfect Guardiola player um, and generally City's recruitment whilst Guardiola has been here has been very, very good. So I have, it it definitely addresses uh, a position that needed addressing um, and it removes that long-term concern now about if Fernandinho's age does start to catch up with him a little bit. Um, You know, we noticed last season that Predominantly, the games where we didn't do so well were ones that he missed. Mm-hmm. He's an exceptional footballer, so it's good to have that cover. And then Angelino, I think he will predominantly be cover at left back. and uh, Mendy continues to be a bizarre conundrum, <laughs> where he's he's just not he's not playing games, and there's there's some question about his behaviour, even when he is fit and his commitment to getting fit. Exactly how fair all of that is, I'm I'm not sure. It's one of those where you either you trust the the regularity of the news reports or you don't, but the if you follow the no smoke without fire, not everybody at City is very impressed with him, and he's had a couple of last chances so far. Um, and then, you know, his injury problems are never ending anyway, and he's due to miss the first month of the season. So I think Zinchenko is our first choice left back for now. And Angelino, um, he's got a lot of work to do to get into that team because although they've brought him back, I don't think he's the most um, I don't think he's the most gifted left back. But hopefully, I'll be proven wrong
0: in terms of outgoings the big one of course is the the captain Vincent company he, he always seemed to turn up for the big games and last season was uh, was was more uh, more examples of that just how big a miss will he be
1: huge for for many many reasons i mean i think each of the last three or four years um city fans have probably thought that company might be having his last season um his just because of his injury record and that constantly having to um, to come back from it and the, the psychological toll that you'd imagine that takes on somebody uh, is huge. And yet every single time he kept coming and proving us wrong. And it wasn't just with his mentality, but his performance were consistently exceptional. Um, and it's bizarrely, after thinking the last three summers that his time might be over, when it finally has come, if anything, it feels a little bit too soon. Um, but maybe that's the best way for him to bow out rather than dwindling and becoming a bit part player. Um, so on the pitch he will be missed hugely, he'll be missed around the club because I'm not sure um, there's a player loved quite like him by City fans just because of the way that he um, he sort of made himself part of the club, he made himself part of the City, embraced the entire sort of community, um, he's just been a sensational ambassador for the club. Um, so he'll be missed on and off and everybody knows what a great captain he was, always there for the big moment so... Um, yeah, it's really sad to see him go, but
0: what a way to bow out. The reports during the rounds, just before we, we speak, they're in the in the press again today about the man who got the win against Liverpool back in January, uh, Leroy Sarney about going to Bayern Munich. From the outside, what's going on there? Why would City want to sell? Why would he want to leave?
1: Well, I think, for the to answer the second question first, if he were to want to leave, it would be because um, he didn't get enough football at the back end of last season. Uh, he really didn't play i didn't start too many too many games he was used much more as a um as a, as a late substitute um and his talent definitely deserves better than that um there's questions about his attitude at times He's definitely a bit petulant um he was dropped earlier on last season because he didn't seem to be putting the work in into training and obviously he missed the world cup last summer which was a huge surprise so um, possibly some questions about his attitude and maybe him and Pep uh, don't get on spectacularly well uh, but then you don't have to uh, um, you know it's a manager player relationship they don't have to be best friends so you can I think you can well imagine why he might have his head turned by going back to his home country to play for Bayern Munich it pretty much comes with a guarantee of winning trophies every season it'd be the main man there now that Ribéry and Robin have gone so I think there's a There's a few factors at play, but if his attitude was really that bad, City wouldn't be trying to get him to sign a new contract. So there's obviously, um, there's something to work on there, um, even if his relationship with Pep isn't as good as it could be. And that's, you know, I am going off speculation there. Um, It'd be a real shame to lose him because he's he's a phenomenal talent. I think um, if he were to progress at the rate he was doing a couple of years ago we're talking about a player that would be the best in the world and it'd be a real shame to lose that potential now before he hits his peak but um, if he's been talked about if he were to go um, I think it's to say he would at least be well remunerated
0: to say the least. Liverpool have kept their squad intact Have not actually sold anyone, not lost anyone like company. But apart from a couple of youngsters, they, they haven't really added to it, to be honest. Some Liverpool fans have questioned that. Are you surprised, from a City's perspective, that they've, they've not made another big signing?
1: Um, Yeah, because I think from experience of having had great seasons, so when we think back to 2012, when we won the league, 2014, when we won the league, um, I know that the biggest... We had in those following years was um, was not making good signings. They were all sort of cosmetic signings, and we seemed to rest on our laurels a bit of of keeping the spot. And what we all, what City always found, and was admitted by some of the players after, was that it was very hard to keep that hunger up mm-hmm. um, and, and keep that same motivation. Liverpool got it from a slightly different position of. Um, They had the disappointment of putting in a sensation and not winning the league. Obviously, they went on to win the Champions League. Um, And so, keeping that motivation to go again for a second season, knowing that in all likelihood City are still going to be a pretty formidable obstacle to get past, um, it could be pretty hard to keep that consistency for a second season when you've not got the Premier League trophy to to back it up and prove to you how worth it is. Now Klopp's obviously a very good motivator and he gets the best out of that team. So maybe that won't be an issue. But I I thought they would add to the team uh, far more than they have done.
0: It is an interesting point because you even look at Riyad Mahrez. I know you wouldn't say he was a, an absolute qualified success what happened last season. He Certainly towards the back end of the season, he didn't play too much of a part. But you look back, mm. he scored some big goals, didn't he? Including one on, on the final day at Brighton. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he did. Um, his his problem was um, that with who's ahead of him. So he my most expensive player at the time, but the the quality of players ahead of him were just undroppable. Uh, and he didn't quite look in tune with the rest of the team at times. But he's a phenomenal talented guy. Um, desperately hoping that his, his second year is a bit more fruitful. But he did even that said, like you say, he popped up with some big moments. He scored. Um, you know, ones that people don't really think about because I think it was back in October or November. He scored the only goal early on when we beat Tottenham away. Yeah, Wembley. Yeah. Top, yeah, when Tottenham were in decent form and City were poor on that day. If he doesn't pop up with that goal, then in theory, City finished with two points less and don't win the league. Um, so there's loads of moments where he can look like that, and certainly his, his goal on the last day was. Um, not only important, but it was a brilliant, brilliant goal. So, a few more of those dazzling moments in in big games this season, and he'll start to win the fans round a bit more. I think.
0: We'll see. It'll all come out in the wash over these next nine months, but it all starts on Sunday at at Wembley. You know, uh, is it, there much more riding on this match, do you think, than usual? Just the community shield, because it's it a chance to lay an early kind of blow on each other, given the rivalry that exists, given how close it was last season.
1: still um, no point. Because you always, you know, winning's a habit, isn't it? And that's a huge cliche, but it is true. Winning's a habit. And we've seen in I remember the 2014 Charity Shield, where I beat 3-0 by Arsenal. Um, and it, it did set a bit of a, a tone for the season. Last year, we beat Chelsea convincingly and obviously went on to be very consistent across the season. Um, and this year, we're playing the team who were most well-matched to us throughout last season. So, of course, you do want to um, to make a bit of a statement early on. But personally, I can't get too carried away by the Community Shield. Uh, I do see it as um, a slightly glorified friendly, um, and I, I will be consistent with that and stick to it if we well, It's not one of those, it only matters <laughs> if we win and it doesn't if we lose. Um, I think any game where you can make six substitutes isn't, Quite a, a quite a real competitive game to me. Um, but that said, you wouldn't want to turn up and get battered either. And if we were to, it, if you can show that you look like you're going into the season in um, in in good shape, and uh, some of your key players like De Bruyne has had a really good pre-season, which is great after the frustrations of last season. If you can see players in good form and things really taking shape ready for the first game, then I'm happy with that. And if you win it, it's a bonus. But um, I personally don't count it in any trophy tally at the end of the season, but I might be a bit of a lone voice in that these days.
0: Just the final one before I let you go, mate, you brought up Kevin De Bruyne then, and I've got to hold my hands up, I think I said it myself, uh, around in the title running, or even after actually City, I think it was actually after City won the FA Cup to make it the treble when he came on and changed the game. You know, it really does say something about how good City were last season, given the fact that they didn't have one of the best players in the world for large parts of it in Kevin De Bruyne. You've said there he's looking sharp in pre-season.
1: Yeah well I mean it certainly does speak of how good City were um but it speaks of how good De Bruyne that every time he he did manage to put a, a couple of games together that City still looked massively improved when he played um, he had a, a whole different dimension his his pace um his pace when he gets the ball deep and his vision to turn as defensive situations into sort of lightning counterbacks, which isn't necessarily something you associate with City, given that they're normally on the front foot anyway. It's hard to counter something when you don't have to defend. Um, when, sort of like from defensive three kicks or defending corners, he's absolutely sensational at getting everything going again. His passing range, I'm, I'm sure nobody needs me to try and tell them how good it is. Um, but it, it, his combination of how he sees the game, and then being able to put it all into action in an instant is a, it's pretty rare and if he comes back this season in anything like the form of the season before um city will be city will be formidable again well, they'll be better.
0: They'll be better throwing him there. Wow. <laughs> That'd that take some going. It would take some going. Uh, we'll see it all. As I say, it all starts on Sunday with a community shield. Richard, thanks very much for joining us, mate. It'd be great to catch up later in the season around the first game. I think it's November, isn't it? Uh, at yeah. No and then I think it's, uh, it's later in the season, like April time. God, you never know. That could be a title decider looking at that one already, mate. But uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks very much for your time, mate, and enjoy the game Sunday.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.